Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red X podcast. My name is Andrew, and I am super excited to be back here with everyone today, hosting this amazing podcast once again. Our guest today has been on the show before many times. He's a dear friend and colleague of mine, and he's an amazing real estate agent who works right here in the greater Salt Lake City, Utah area. Kent Brown. Kent, how are you doing today, my man? Good. The prodigal son has returned. I have returned. I took a, a short break and I am back. So it's good <laughs> to be back and it's and it's good to have you back, Kent. Um, I think the last so. time the last time I did this was with you. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I know I, I know that, any different. I know that I'm your favorite host and you're my favorite guest. So you know, a, a That's why I agreed to come that. back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Kent, as always, we are so excited to have you here. Today, Kent and I are going to be talking about several really important things, uh, how to stay confident and optimistic despite some pretty drastic market changes that have happened over the past several months. Then we're going to shift the conversation and discuss some strategies that will help you work with investors using Red X's for rent by owner leads. So stick around. It's going to be a great conversation. Before we dive into all of that, I just want to take a moment and do some housekeeping real quick. For those of you joining us live, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're at, please, please hop in the chat, say hello, let us know where you're at, uh, uh, let us know where you're from. And if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to share during the show, please chime in. Um, Kent is not only a very talented and successful agent, but he's an incredible real estate teacher, a trainer, and a role model. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer all of your questions. Right, Kent? I'm going to put you on the spot. Right. That's right. Uh, Andrew has firsthand experience now to see how incredible I am because I helped Andrew buy a house a couple months this is ago. True. This is very true. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he did a great job. And, and you know, even though I was a little bit out of his way, um, he, he did a, a great job just helping me find the, a dream house for myself. And uh, and I love Kent. So it's, it's a good... Uh, you know, and we got some good food. We got some great along food along the way. Area. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, like I said, uh, let us know where you're from. Hello, Macy. Hello, Sylvie. Hello, Diana. How are you doing? Um, Kent, let's go ahead and get into the good stuff. Last time let's you were on the show, um, and again, like you said, it was one of the last episodes I hosted. I think it was just under a year ago, about 10 months. A lot has changed since then. So to start off today, I'm wondering if you could give us just a quick recap of how the market has changed over the last year, how it's affecting buyers and sellers, and maybe how it's changing the mindsets and attitudes of real estate agents. Yeah, for sure. So a lot has changed. I mean, even within the last seven, six, seven months, it's changed drastically. For all of you out there, the market has shifted. And for some of you, not as much as others. For us, it, it shifted quite a bit. Mm -hmm. We have more inventory. Interest rates are going up. Okay. So a lot of that buyer demand went away. Okay. And a lot of those first-time home buyers went away. So we're mm -hmm. just seeing days on market increase, which is isn't the end of the world. 
honestly. This is a pretty normal market. I, I won't speak from experience by any means because I haven't been in the business since, you know, 2011, which really you haven't seen a down market. Right. If, you been in the, if you've been in the business from 2011 forward. So that's really, you know, affecting the mindset of agents, even my role play partners. And to be completely honest, myself, I went through a little pity party of all my listings are sitting. They're not selling. Mm-hmm. Buyers are canceling. Mm-hmm. It, the, the business became very, it was very easy. And now it's become a little more difficult. Right. Which, which is fine. So really how, I guess for me, how I'm staying positive during this, or even just pushing forward towards my goals is my goals and my commitments are bigger than my moods. And, mm. and I really just had to figure that out. My mood could be, oh man, I'm, I'm really down in the dumps that nothing is moving. Nothing is selling. But my commitment is to sell 52 homes this year and I can sit in my hands and hope that that happens or I can take action. And really what it comes down to is I just have to talk to more people. Right. By talking to more people, you know, 25% of my stuff probably isn't going to sell. Right. So what that means is I have to get 25% more listings. That's interesting. And, 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 you know, maybe you can probably speak to this better than I can, but um, it seems like the last, you know, two years since the pandemic have been just such an easy ride for so many real estate agents, right? Um, it's, it's been, you know, a, a, a seller's market right through and through. And, and it's been so easy for agents to just take and, and get listings and sell them. And, and it's all super quick. And so now I think anyone, you know, I don't know if you know any agents who are in this situation, but anyone who started in real estate in the last couple of years, um, is maybe feeling really discouraged right now where to what you described, things are sitting a little longer, things are taking a little bit longer to pick up, right? Is that, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's, that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Warren Buffett that said it. When the tide goes out, so when the good stuff goes out, mm-hmm. it exposes everybody who's swimming naked. <laughs> so right. that's, that's exactly what ha- is happening. You have all these agents that really didn't do anything because they didn't have to with massive success. Well, the tide's gone out. So now we're going to see who's going to stay in the business and who's going to fail. Right. And I think it's interesting that you, you, you know, for like those newer agents, yeah, it, 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 it's totally new to them right now. But even for agents like you who have been around for, for several more years than that, um, you know, even, even for, top producers and experienced agents, just that momentum, right? When you get used to the momentum of a really easy market, it still affects some of the best people out there, right? So, um, yeah. so yeah, really interesting. Well, uh, you mentioned to me before we started that, that you know, you're in some role play groups, you, you talk to a lot of agents out there. Um, what are they saying? And, and, you know, what are, what are they saying about this shift? And, and, you know, is it affecting their confidence? Is it affecting their optimism about the market? Um, what, and, and, and if it is, what are you doing to kind of, you know, counter that? Yeah, it, it is affecting their confidence. They, I think we're all used to working at a certain level in a certain amount of time and putting in a certain amount of effort. Sure. And now that we 
now that we, if we put in the same effort, we're going to fail miserably for hitting our goals. Mm -hmm. And now that that's happening, a lot of my role play partners or a lot of people I communicate with, are just, nothing's, nothing's selling, nothing's moving. Sure. This, this business is hard. Like it suddenly became hard. I, I feel like I, how every buyer's agent felt for the last, you know, year and a half of just right. picking up a buyer and grinding and grinding and grinding and losing a lot, but eventually getting there. So, you know, when you, when you go through hard things, this is the way I, I look at it. When you go through hard things, it gives you this, this magical thing called perspective. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that, right? Yeah. We, we don't really have, we have one perspective, I guess, when things are going good, but we're about to get a completely different one. And here's the really exciting thing, Andrew. If you learn the skills and you learn the habits to keep, to stay in this business for the next, you know, three, four, five years, assuming that it, you know, we do go into a recession and thing, I, nobody knows if we had a crystal ball, we'd all right. be rich, right? Right. right? Nobody really knows what's going to happen. But if it does turn that way, I'm excited because if you pick up all those skills and habits, once the market turns really good again, who's going to be the most profitable? Right. Kind of, the, kind of the flip side of what I described where when it's easy, it feels harder. When it's harder, it's going to feel way easy, right? When things kind of bounce back. So 100%. Awesome. Well, well, you mentioned habits, you mentioned different, different strategies and methods of, of staying on top of it and preparing for, for, you know, preparing for the right now and the future. Um, what do you, what, what are some of those habits and what are some of those things that you're doing to stay optimistic and stay confident? Um, and then, and then even getting down to the nitty gritty of like, uh, you know, generating leads and converting them and having conversations with people like what, what, what things are you doing now that maybe are a little bit different or that you've learned and you're doing differently than you did before. Yeah, I so I have a couple of things. Um I I don't know if you've ever read The Greatest Salesman on Earth. Have no, you? I have not. And no. Fantastic book, small book, short read. He has these 10 different scrolls that you go through. The first one's on habits. And so you read that for the for 30 days, then you move to the next scroll, the next one, the next one, the next one. And the whole point is to build up your mindset. So in doing that, I did a really valuable practice. The other day I took yeah. inventory of my habits. Mm. So I went through my whole day and I said, okay, what are the good habits that I already have in place? Going to the gym was one of them waking up early things that aren't hard for me. And so I'm doing them every single day because it's been repetitious. Let, let me tell you that list was small. That list was small. Once I got past about 1130 AM, I was like, oh man, everything from here on out is pretty bad habits. Okay. So I took inventory of good habits, bad habits, habits that I wanted to implement. And then I actually made a checklist of all of my habits. Wow. That is an impressive checklist here. Let me, so, uh, let me put you front and center if I can. So instead of a, instead of a schedule, uh -huh. instead of saying, okay, I'm going to commit this time, this time, this time, to doing these things, I said, okay, what I'm going to do is what are all the good habits that I want to start implementing? I put check boxes by them. And as I'm going through, I'm marking them off because if you really want to, if you want to commit to your goals, you have to have small wins. I think people are like, oh, I'm going to shoot for the moon. They have these super massive goals. 
which is great. But then they fell at them because our brains aren't designed to think two, three years from now. They mm. just really aren't. They're designed to survive. So you have to have small wins. As you have the small wins, create those habits. Your goals are, you're going to surpass your goals. Absolutely. I love this idea of creating a list of habits rather than necessarily a list of goals, right? Because I think when you create a list of goals, that shoots you to the end, you dream big, you get super hyped and you get really excited about the, the, you know, the idea and the prospect of achieving this thing. And you forget that to get there, it actually does take the hard work. Right. And then, and then when you get into your day to day, you fall into this huge slump because you're so focused on that end goal, as opposed to the little things that's going to take to get there. So I like, I like the idea of listing out your habits, um, you know, as, as kind of a step towards achieving the goals and, and, and keeping those in the back of your mind. Um, and, and I so, love the, I love taking inventory of it, right. That you took inventory, you created all these new habits and now you've got way more than 11. You've got, it looks like dozens and dozens of habits that you're going to try to implement every day. And, and they're small things, honestly, yeah. Andrew, there are things that, so I love this, write your vision in pen, your plan in pencil. Mm. Cause your, your plans change, right. make your vision, your vision, what you want to accomplish, write that in pen. Always seek that because your mind will chase after what, what it's most familiar with. So if you're reminding yourself of this is my vision every single day, these are the habits I have to create. If you are nothing but good habits, you're going to, honestly, you're going to slingshot past those goals so quickly. And that's what I'm starting to realize. Yeah. So um, here's a question for you. As you wrote out these habits and you, and you wrote some new ones, were there any that you got rid of? Were there any that you said, like, did you list any bad habits? Did you list any that you said, these are things that I need to stop doing that I've, that I've, you know, just kind of played into my day-to-day -day routine um, and eliminated those from your list or created a list of new habits to kind of counteract those? That makes, that yeah, makes that makes tons of sense. So here's, here's what I wrote. Good habits now, which again, teeny tiny, mm -hmm. teeny tiny habits that would become part of my robot brain. So your robot brain is what we have three brains. We have the monkey brain, which controls probably 5% of our day of, I know I should be doing this, but oh, squirrel. We yeah. have the robot brain, which controls 97% of our, well, probably 92, 93% of our day. It's just autopilot. Right. So these are the habits that I want to become part of my robot brain. And then the time to get rid of habits, which was the biggest one. Mm. And, and, and do you think that those, cause I, 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 uh, I've listened to some, some, you know, some podcasts lately where people have been talking about, if you want to change, you need to challenge what you identify with. Right. And I think a lot of people identify with their habits, whether those habits are good or bad. And I think writing them down, analyzing them, doing some self-reflection is a really important step towards if the market is shifting and, and it's going to be a different day-to-day -day experience for real estate agents, maybe you and what you're used to doing needs to shift as well, right? 100%. Okay. 100%. And, and you, you have to. Like, I'm realizing how much the last two years was just a cakewalk. I really yeah. am realizing that. And now it's like, but I'm more confident now for one really good reason. Now I know that people need me 
and I am the best option for them. So I have confidence in what I'm doing. Or before it's like, yeah, Andrew, you can hire your cousin who's sold one home in their whole lifetime. You might lose a little bit of money, but you're not going to lose that much money by not hiring me. So, it, you know, you, you went in with a little bit more confidence. Now it's like, Andrew, you hire your cousin that sold one house. I promise you, you're going to lose tens of thousands of dollars by hiring them and not me. Mm. Love that. I love that. So, well, 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 Ken, this is, this is super, um, I think important for people to hear, especially people who are maybe struggling, um, in, in, you know, in the shifting market as things kind of change around a little bit, let's shift the conversation a little bit to, to what I mentioned earlier. Let's talk about some very specific strategies, maybe different strategies, uh, from what people are used to hearing about, um, that they can explore right now and, and kind of expand their repertoire of, 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 you know, real estate potential out there. The one you mentioned to me specifically was investors and rental properties, right? And, yeah. and could you start by telling me um, maybe traditionally how you worked with investors or different ways to work with investors compared to what you're doing now working with investors? Yeah, investors has been tough over the last few years because they had no cap rate. They were in the black mm -hmm. at all times. So they bought a rental property usually that rental property wasn't cash flowing. Mm. The complete opposite is, is true now. So for rent by owners, what, again, sorry, Ken, why, why weren't they cash flowing? Prices were here and rents are here. So mm. rents weren't exceeding their mortgage every single month. So they were either breaking even, which is a, is a fine spot to be in, or they were losing money every month. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Again, this shift makes me really excited to call for rent by owners mm. and not necessarily to say, hey, do you want to sell your property, which is good. Sure. Yes, there are still people that want to sell their property and you want to inquire about that. But if they're not looking to sell, all of these investors have been stocking up their cash for a time just like now or what's about to come, because if if economic indicators are anything, 15 to 20% is what they're expecting the market to go down, mm. which I look at Utah, we grew 27% last year or something like that. So you'll still make more money. You'll still be in the green, honestly. So, it, and it just depends from market to market. But for rent by owners or buy and hold investors that want to buy, they want to hold on to the property and they're going to rent it out or they may be looking to fix and flip a property, right. which there's chaos right now. What are sellers thinking? Sellers are thinking it's the end of the world. I need to sell fast. Mm. And so there's a bit of desperation there. Okay. So what you're doing is you're seeking out investors who are looking to buy right now, rather than seeking out investors who are looking to sell right now. Is that correct? Or property owners to sell? Yeah, I, I think that you you go after it either way. So sure. we'll role play for a second, Andrew. If I yeah. call you as a for rent by owner, ring, ring. Hello. Hello, Andrew. Yeah, this is Andrew. Andrew, it's Kent with Summit Realty. I was calling about the home that you're renting on 123 Banana Street. Did you already lease the property or is it still still being rented or still looking for a tenant? Um, I have several interested tenants, uh, but nothing has been set in stone yet. 
nothing's been set in stone yet, but not a problem. First of all, I just wanted to call and introduce myself. I work with a lot of investors like you. Have you ever thought about selling the property versus renting it out? Um, you know, not, not, not really. Uh, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty worthwhile investment for me. Um, you know, I've made some good money renting this out. And so, uh, yeah, it hasn't really crossed my mind. It's cash flowing for you then. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. That's completely amazing. Well, I, I don't want to convince you to sell, honestly, if it's cash flowing for you and, and you're in a good position, that's fantastic. I do, again, I do work with a lot of savvy investors like yourself that have been waiting for a market just like we're coming on to mm. that are looking to pick up more rental properties. When do you plan on increasing your inventory? Well, I'm, uh, you know, like you said, as an investor, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of always trying to increase my inventory. So, you know, when the right, when the right thing comes along, I'm, uh, happy to keep my eye out, keep my mind open. Okay. So, so you are, and this is a conversation that most people have, or right. most people will, will go back to. That's fantastic. So you're always looking for a, a good deal to jump on then. Sure. Yep. So if I found something, let's say 70 to 80 cents on the dollar, because I make these phone calls all day with somebody that has to sell and wants to sell quickly, would you want to know about it? Um, yeah. I mean, I know that things are a little bit, uh, you know, the market has shifted right now. And so I'm not sure if I'd be, it, it'd have to be a really amazing, uh, really amazing property and a really amazing, you know, value. But um, like I said, I'm always, I'm always open to it. You're always open to it. Yeah. Well, I'd love to stay in touch for when we do find that right property for you. Usually what I'll do is I'll call you once a quarter just to follow up, see if the motivation's still the same. If not, we can push that off. Or again, if we find a really good rental property that would cash flow, would love to give you one of the first opportunities to purchase that. What's a good email address for you, Andrew? Andrew at redx.com. Perfect. And really you're just building what you're doing right. there, Andrew, is you're building your investor database. Okay. Okay. So, so and this was, this was a question I had for you, Ken, are these, mm -hmm. is, is, is this strategy more about building relationships or seeking out immediate transactions? It sounds like it's more of a long-term relationship building, you know, ha have people that you can reach out to, um, you know, to buy at some point in time, right? It's not necessarily about the here and now business. Yeah. Yeah. It, you you will pick up here and now business. I think sure. that's just, that's one thing that naturally happens as you're calling. You'll have somebody give you the complete opposite of, I'm looking to buy a rental property right now. Great. Where would you buy? Mm. What does it have? What kind of cash flow do you want? What kind of cap rate do you want on the property? And then you dig in and ask deeper and deeper questions about what they're looking for and you get the now business. But really this is building a database of investors. Because what happens is you go on a listing appointment, you're, I'm sitting in front of you, Andrew, I have to sell tomorrow. Like I don't have time. I don't, I will give away this house. I have to sell, which I think we're going to start seeing eventually. Mm. So at that point I say, great, I have a list of a thousand investors in my database. I'll send your house to them. We'll bid up the price as far as we can, as far as one of them is willing to pay. And we'll go from there. Are you willing to pay 6%? Yeah, we'll pay 6%. Great. Nice. Nice. So um, here's a question for you, Kent, is yeah. how has, uh, well, a couple questions, actually. Um, 
One is how many investors that you talk to or connect with for the first time tell you that they already have a real estate agent that they prefer to work with um, and that, you know, they're, they're not really interested in, in, you know, you contacting them again or reaching out. Um, we have, they won't say that. Okay. You usually, cause think about, think about it this way. An objection is a question in the mind of whoever you're talking to. Sure. But you as a consumer don't want to flat out just say, I don't ever want to talk to you again. Go away. They'll say, oh, I have a realtor that I really like working with. And I say, I respect that you, that you have someone in your corner that you trust. I can totally appreciate that. If we found a perfect property for you, would you be open to working with another agent? Yeah. If, and usually they'll say, yeah. If, if you found the perfect property for us, we would. And then just grab their email, give them value, you know, send them out an email once a month, send them out mortgage rates as they change, whatever affects them as a buyer or an investor. And guess who they're going to start trusting over the agent who's never talking to them, but they preferred. Right, right. Because you're the one who's, who's consistently showing up for them and in front of them, right? Yep. And adding value. Sure. Of course, you're going to, you, you know, of course, you're going to go with somebody that you've worked with may have not really liked mm. over someone that you don't know, don't trust, and you, you have no familiarity with. But as I start building that, you're going to have familiarity with me, which grows trust, which grows confidence, and you're going to use me over the person that you didn't really like, but you know them. Right, right. Excellent. Well, well, uh, my other question here was, um, are rising interest rates and a shifting market, is that affecting uh, investors' attitudes towards buying? Is it is it making them less willing to buy? Are they more willing to buy? How, how does the shifting market, uh, do you think, affect their mindset specifically, right? So here's my philosophy. And again, this isn't written in stone, but just from talking to the day-to-day -day every day talking to 30, 40 people, you're going to get their feedback and what they're thinking on the market. Most mm -hmm. people that I talk to, their biggest comment is, well, if the market crashes, I'd rather buy low. And that's their thought. I want to wait to see what happens before I jump right. on it. Right. So that's how, that's how the rising interest rates and the uncertainty in the market is affecting the buyer, the consumer. Yeah. Cause they're all, they're all waiting. Well, if the market crashes, then I'm going to buy. Well, if the market doesn't crash, guess what we're going to see? We're going to see all these people that didn't buy flood to the market. And I think that might flip it. Mm, right. Interesting. So there's always value in, in buying a house really. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Ken, um, thank you so much for, for, for breaking that down for our audience today and, and sharing all that. Um, before we wrap up today, is there anything else that you want to share? Any other, you know, tips or tricks or advice that you have for agents out there um, who are looking to, you know, not only survive but thrive in this shifting market, um, and and who are maybe, you know, maybe starting to panic a little bit, whether it's because of looming uncertainty or because of the shifts that have already happened. What what advice would you give in in, in closing here? Yeah, I so a, a couple of things. Us as humans, 
when uncertainty comes, we do one of three things. Like our body naturally does this fight, flight, or freeze. We do one of those, one of those three things. So a lot of agents right now are freezing. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. They're not taking any action. Okay. All of these top agents are fighting. They're like, man, I'm about to take a massive, massive market share. So that's, I think for me, identify which one of those camps you're in. Are you fighting? Are you flighting? Which is I'm out, I'm finding a new job. This is not worth it. Or are you freezing just like everybody else, which freezing will lead to flight. You're not, right. you're not going to stick around. Right. Absolutely. So Earl Nightingale said we can, we can achieve nothing without first paying the price. Mm. Right. So I look at it this way, the goals that you've set, have you taken account on what that will cost you? Would you ever buy a house or a car without first knowing the price, Andrew? I would sure hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. Like, right? So, Andrew, you wanted a three-bed, two-bath house. I say, Andrew, this this criteria, this house fits your criteria perfectly. Cash 42, it's a million-dollar house. And I know your budget's 300000 but here you go. <laughs> right? Right. Same, same thing with our goals. We have these massive goals, but we don't know the price that we're going to have to pay. Mm. So the goals, I, I would encourage everybody, write down your habits, write down your goals, focus more on your habits than your goals, and know the price that you're going to have to pay. Mm. I love that. I love that. Habits before goals, habits that lead you to goals. That's amazing, Ken. Yeah. And one other thing okay. I will say, I, <laughs> so I look at, if you ever look at anybody homeless, they have depression, whatever, how do they typically dress? Sweats, really crappy. They're not dressed for success. As you dress, your body will follow. Mm. Is that why you're so, wearing a suit and tie today? That is why I'm wearing afternoon. a suit and tie. Yeah. Do I have anything going on besides this today? Nope. But I'm going to dress for success. Because truthfully, today I woke up and I said, I don't have a lot of motivation. Mm. I'm not really motivated. So I got dressed in a suit and guess what? Once I'm in a suit, I'm not going to lay back in bed and be, have a pity party for myself. I'm going to get to work. I want people to see me all fancy looking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it feels good. It feels, feels good to, to look good and know that you put in the effort to, to, you know, take the next steps. So that's right. Be, com that. be, be committed to your goals, have commitment. So okay. commitment is doing the things you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Remember that. Amazing. Wise words from the amazing Kent Brown. Kent, thank you so much um, for, for talking with me today, for sharing all of this with our audience today. Uh, everyone who's watching live right now, please give Kent a shout out. Kent, where can people find you or reach you? Maybe if they have referrals in the, in the Salt Lake area, or if they just want to reach out for more advice or more, you know, uh, just some motivation there. Yeah. So I can be reached at 801 5923135. Okay. If you ever want to reach out. Wonderful. And and like I said at the beginning of the show, um, Kent is an amazing trainer, an amazing motivator. Um, I've I've been on I've been on several kind of training exercises with Kent, and I know that he is dedicated. He does a great job and it shows in his numbers. What did you say your goals were this year, Kent? 
I want to, I want to do 52 listings. I'm yeah. a little bit behind that. So I have to pick up, I sure. have to pick it up. Yeah. Where, where, where are you at right now? 37. 37. Okay. And yeah. we've got, you know, roughly a, a quarter left in the year to go. So we do. So. Well, it sounds like you're on track for some amazing stuff for the rest of the year. Ken, again, thank you for joining us. Um, um, reach out to Ken if you have uh, any questions for him. And uh, if any of you are watching and listening and would like to continue this conversation online, please go to Facebook, check out the Red X Elite Prospectors group there. Uh, or if you are a customer, head over to our forum or just go check out uh, and subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. Return here, check out our newsletter. We love to provide value just like the value Kent provided for us today on a weekly basis, often a daily basis. Um, or if you prefer to listen to, to content like this, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen. Just search for the Red X Podcast and subscribe to be notified every time we've got a new episode. Uh, the lead gen conversion on Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, I've been gone for a while. Like I said, I guess we've changed the <laughs> Facebook group name. So the lead gen conversion on Facebook. Uh, conversation. Conversation, there we go. Um, thanks, Kent. So <laughs> hey, yeah. Really quick. Yeah. I would love for you guys to comment if you would find value in doing a live prospecting session with for rent by owners. I did it like four or five years ago and I still get a lot of comments from it, but I, I am full force back into for rent by owners, baby. So if we want to do another live prospecting session, let's make it happen. Let's do it. Kent. let's just, let's just plan on uh, Sylvie, a, a regular uh, listener and viewer. She says, of course, let's do that. So Kent, let's plan something maybe for next week. Uh, get you, get you here on the platform uh, here on our, our channel, get you doing some live prospecting. Um, and everyone keep an eye out for that. And, uh, and I think that would be a lot of fun. We used to do a ton of live prospecting together, Kent. We I know. Get back into it now that what I'm happy. Truthfully, I love, I love the live prospecting because there's extrinsic motivation and intrinsic. Mm. And so, for example, I have a Peloton bike. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I have a Peloton bike is because I can see everybody ahead of me and it drives me nuts. So I just like pedal, 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 pedal a lot faster. Every time I do live prospecting, I get appointments because people are watching me. I can't. Everyone's watching, <laughs> watching and waiting and learning. I love it. That's right. right. Excellent. Well, well, thank you so much uh, again, Kent. And thank you everyone uh, for, for joining us today. Uh, we do this every week. So, um, you know, tune in next week uh, at, at 1.30 Mountain Time right here on all of our channels. Thank you again. We will see you next time, Kent. Everyone have a great day out there. We'll see you. See you, everybody.